It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Coming up later, a budding business on the West Coast, Mest Coast, helping people move out to other normal areas of America. I'll talk to Kirby Wilbur in a few minutes about that. Quite interesting, actually. And Russia's invasion of Ukraine, of course, is top of mind. Everyone virtue signals with their Ukraine flag as their avatar on their social media, though few people are actually helping or holding our leaders accountable for this disaster. Here's what I heard from Pastor Anatoly on Friday. First, he's still alive. The church has begun baking bread because there is none in the stores. They're getting first aid medical kits for soldiers from American churches to give them a fighting chance at survival, maybe similar to what our own soldiers carry with them, like quick clot and that sort of thing. I heard another group of Ukraine refugees made it to France where a hotel has been secured for them, and they cried when they got there because it was such opulent surroundings. And people are trying to get back to Mariupol to evacuate others. These people didn't ask for this. They just wanted freedom, and they wanted freedom to worship which they know Russia will crack down on based on what Putin has done to the churches in Russia. In case you did not hear in one of Anatoly's previous interviews, he explained what that means. In Russia, Putin, arguably one of, if not the richest man in the world because of his graft, shakedowns and corruption from his billionaire oligarchs, has a foundation. He created a foundation. He gives major swaths of the church organizations a donation from his foundation, and then he owns them, and he tells them to be quiet about certain things, and they do it. We've seen this before in history. This goes on with public institutions in the States. More on that coming up in just a second, because the other top news story of the week was that the New York Times finally discovered Hunter Biden's laptop. We laugh a rueful laugh here because the revelation that they'd verified the laptop through an anonymous source, not even how the New York Post did it, came in paragraph 24 of a 36-paragraph story explaining how Hunter Biden got a more than million-dollar loan to pay his back taxes from his business enterprises, which he used his dad's name to get access to these business enterprises, because let's face it, if you're going to go to work for Burisma and you have actually no, none experience in the oil and gas industry, any energy industry expertise whatsoever, and you're getting $83,000 a month, um, you, you know it's not because of your expertise. We also know from the laptop and the Biden's former business partner who confirms that Joe Biden, that's the president of the United States, received a 10% take of Hunter's business dealings, even when he was vice president, including a deal with the Chinese Communist Party entities and Ukraine and other states. It's simply stunning. But you know what's more more stunning than that? The fact that big tech, major legacy media, censored this story before the election. And we know that because the New York Post confirmed all of this information in October of 2020, and then Twitter and Facebook censored, cut off access to the story. The legacy media cast doubt on it, did not pick it up. A huge story. The New York Times has the same information about the laptop now as it had at the time, and now mentions it only to burnish Hunter Biden's horrible reputation. 
I mean, do you even want to talk about a father who would put his son in front of piles of money knowing he's a crack addict and a sex addict? But they did it so that they could say, oh, hey, he paid his taxes. And look, there's an email on his laptop that said he was worried about his status as a, a lobbyist, a foreign agent, um, both things for which he's being investigated by the Justice Department. Furthermore, the New York Times mentioned in the story that jurors generally do not, and there's a grand jury convened, and jurors generally do not know if someone has actually paid their back taxes when considering an indictment. But of course, he's doing this to prevent going to prison. Those two things are conflicting. So what does the New York Times do for Hunter Biden? Puts it into the public mainstream so that anybody who reads the paper sits on the jury knows that, oh, he paid his taxes. Maybe we won't indict him. Pretty interesting. So anyway, then, of course, you remember, big tech, Facebook, Twitter throttled and censored the Hunter Biden laptop story. Legacy media didn't report it. You know that. Indeed, all of those entities touted the collection of retired intelligence apparatchiks who combined their expertise and in a letter issued a denunciation of the laptop story saying, oh, this is this is sort of kind of if you squint, it could be possibly if you have the planets in the right alignment and uh, you actually believe us, yeah, it could be Russian disinformation. And of course, Joe Biden ran with that. He actually brought it up in a debate with President Trump. Well, anyway, they actually didn't say that this was Russian disinformation. They parsed the language. They tortured it to make it sound like, oh, you know, kind of sort of if you squint your eyes and all that stuff, the light's just right. It could possibly sort of possibly be Russian disinformation. And why did they do that? They did it because they hate Donald Trump to defeat him in the election. These are the same people who peddled the disinformation that Trump was a Russian secret agent. Now, that's a crazy thing. That Talk about what a crazy conspiracy theory that is. Of course, it was a theory that never panned out. And that's why John Durham is looking into the derivation of that claim and who pushed it. You know, Trump may be unlikable to some people. I personally think he's hilarious, and I really appreciated that he actually liked this country and really wanted it to to uh, get stronger. <laughs> the same, however, cannot be said for these people. The same Mark Zuckerberg, who censored Trump, remember, and the laptop story and censored Trump and his supporters from his own platforms, and Twitter did that. He cut off Trump entirely. Do you know who's still up on Twitter? Jack Dorsey and all your executives now running the company. The Ayatollah is still up there. Vladimir Putin is on Twitter. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Well, in response, Trump went out and created his own social media platform. It's just getting off the ground now. The censorship was so bad. Do you really want those people, the censors, running the country? Because they are. And then Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, and here comes back to Anatoly, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife spent more than a half a billion dollars to take over. Yes, take over. Read about Wisconsin, if you, if you doubt me. Elections offices turning them into turnout machines for Joe Biden during the 2020 election. You know, he did it through his foundation. Sound familiar? Yeah. 
It sounds the same to Anatolia. He knows only too well that this is exactly what Putin did to the church in Russia in order to take it over, silence it, operate it, control it. After the election, which Trump lost to what Time magazine called, they actually acknowledged the conspiracy. It was just unbelievable. The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. A couple of excerpts. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. Time magazine said this. One that curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. For more than a year, a loosely organized coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they first came under simultaneous attack from a remorseless pandemic and autocratically inclined president. When has Trump ever been autocratic? It sounds like an amazing situation of projection. What did Trump do that was autocratic, except the the two weeks to end the overwhelming of the hospitals? Which, now, the ideological lines referred to by the the Times, or Time Magazine, was that the former GOP never Trumpers in the Lincoln Project. So this was not bipartisan. These are people who just had one thing in common. They hated Trump. And the New York Times columnist said at the time, getting rid of Trump was so important that journalistic standards had to be thrown out, just disregarded, discarded. And just recently, the Times asked, can a press prevent a Trump restoration? Hours after he was elected, impeachment against Trump had begun, said the media. Current and former officials declared openly on social media that they were in the resistance. Entire swaths of the U.S. government, EPA against Trump or whatever the names were. I did a story about it at the time. You can go look it up. And all kinds of people, Defense Department, all kinds of people in these organizations that were bureaus in the United States government, declared they were part of the resistance. They would not do what the president of the United States said they do. Remember Strzok and Page, active members of the FBI, who said they had an insurance policy to make sure he couldn't stay in office if he actually won. Hillary bought Russian disinformation and peddled it as Trump-Russia collusion. And the media, intelligence community, see the 50 intelligence people who said that it was Russian disinformation about the laptop story. The Justice Department, the FBI, um, part of the Justice Department, they all bought it and peddled it. And if they didn't believe it, they still peddled it. Special counsel showed up no evidence except that Trump can sometimes not be a very nice guy, unlike unlike, uh, St. Joe Biden. Antifa were in the streets stirring up hatred and destruction and setting institutions on fire. And they were being cheered on by these people. It's just unbelievable. Everything I have stated is true. And if you didn't know that, well, now you do. Go verify it for yourself. That's what I did. Now, this all brings me to this point. The Media Research Center commissioned a poll in swing states where 45,000 votes made the difference between St. Joe of Scranton and the evil Donald Trump. 17% said they would have switched their vote had they known what a loathsome character Joe Biden was And his son was because of that laptop, the knowledge on the laptop. But social and legacy media were on the same side. 
Big tech was with them. Trump just metaphorically must die, they said. And, and they would do everything to accomplish that. Now, I'm not saying this because I want to take a fanciful tour of the past. I say this because of our very uncomfortable present. I say this because the decisions by these people who think they are our betters have real world consequences if they should win. Can you imagine lockdowns and mandates would have lasted so long under Trump? No, he was trying to open up the country well before he left office. He was beguiled by St. Tony of Fauci. He wanted no missteps. He knew that Joe Biden would say he'd killed all those people, and indeed he did. Now, Joe Biden's killed more people, if you're going to put it that way. Of course, that's absurd. Democrats in swing states used COVID to change election laws, sending out mail-in ballots to flood the zone in what they called universal mail-in balloting. It didn't matter, you know, didn't matter if they still lived there. Shoot, we got several ballots from California. Think of it as chumming for votes. Traditional polling places were shut down. California has now officially thrown out its new voting system that Republicans and Democrats came together to create and now has gone to universal mail-in ballots, tossing it all out. It was bad before, but now no Republicans will win. Joe Biden is more concerned about reaction from the Green New Deal, reform America with windmills and Chinese solar arrays like AOC than he is of the Ayatollah, with whom he is now commiserating to get some more oil. Do you think we'd be buying oil from Venezuela and Iran right now or increased imports from Russia as Biden has done? Not a chance. Why? Because we were already drilling at home. Would Russia have had all that money to arm up and invade Ukraine if they hadn't had the petrodollars from St. Joe? No. Now, you may not like Trump and you know he wanted to get out of Afghanistan, but do you do you think for a moment he would have left Bagram Air Base, billions in weapons for the Taliban and thousands of Americans stranded like Joe Biden did? Because you're out of your mind. He wouldn't have done that. And for all the talk about the emoluments clause, remember Trump Hotel, evil, the foreigners stay there. They're giving him money. Who was the one putting up his position for sale? Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. You may not like Trump. But even he wouldn't have supported putting political opponents in prison without charges, as they have done to the January 6th people. It's just kind of basic. It's not America if you do that. Would the borders have been wide open for what is tantamount to an invasion by two million plus people brought to you by the Mexican drug and human trafficking cartels? Would he have thrown out of work the people on the Keystone XL pipeline on his first day? Would Trump have done that? That would have brought Canadian crude to the U.S. And now Biden's trying to replace it with oil from dictators. Would Trump have remained silent as Justin Trudeau arrested and then confiscated the money from Canadian truckers who had broken no laws? He had to invoke the emergency clause, remember, to make it illegal. Remember that? Trump would have just gotten, he was eating his lunch. Would President Zelensky of Ukraine, should he take the Joe Biden inflated dollars to the bank. I mean, you know, once President Obama said to John McCain, you know, elections have consequences, John. Yes, they do. And you know what else has consequences? People who lie to change the outcome of an election, like Hillary, the New York Times, others who are complicit in this. Don't tell the Hunter Biden laptop story. Don't talk about uh, what Hillary's doing. 
In a related story, and yes, this is related, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler got trolled by comedians at a city council meeting again. And Ted is very, very angry about it. So angry, in fact, that he's rethinking how they select people for the open community discussion on their Zoom call. Why? Well, professional comedians are holding up a mirror to the council to show how incredibly dumb, naive, and ineffective these people are to let their cities fall into decay. This time, instead of a homeless man, last time Alex Stein, who gave uh, the Portland mayor an attaboy for allowing him to sleep in his car for weeks without a problem and score only the cleanest, best drugs. I think we played that on the podcast. It was now, in this week's meeting, a member of the quote-unquote Taliban who promised to deliver the cleanest heroin to the drug-friendly city. And then there's another guy right after the Taliban guy who uh, went after COVID mandates, virtue signaling on Ukraine and other topics. You both were hilarious. Ted dismissed the Pakistani actor playing the Taliban guy as a racist. Take a listen, and then we'll get to my interview with Kirby Wilbur. Request of Mohammed Atahaya to address council regarding Sanctuary City for refugees. Good morning, Mohammed. Hello, Mayor Ted Wheeler. I want to say on behalf of Taliban that you are the best mayor in the United States of America. In other cities, law enforcement makes it tough for us to operate, but luckily in Portland, the mayor actually supports the right of Taliban. Our experience in cities like New York and Los Angeles have been rife with law enforcement and governmental issues. But in Portland, we are able to distribute our poppy to the people of Portland. Currently, the number one place in America that we export all of our Afghani poppy is to Portland. As Taliban member, I promise to give the citizens of Portland the cleanest heroin known to men. We understand that Pfizer has the vaccine taken care of. So thank you, Mayor Wheeler, for letting the Taliban seller Copy to your people without getting in trouble. To all my other comrades that are watching this, remember Andy No is the worst person ever. And Portland is the only place where racism is no longer exists. You are able to sell your poppy or smoke your methamphetamine or park your broken down car on the streets of our month at time. Without any interference. Can we move to the next person? I don't think we need to hit sit here and listen to a racial parody. Um, this is deeply offensive and you should be ashamed. This is absolutely racist behavior on your part. Shame on you. Next individual, please. Item number 182. Request of Edward Lindsay to address council regarding violence in the city. Good morning, Edward. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. You sound good. Okay. So I just want to say that Portland is the most beautiful city I've ever lived in. And I commend you for, I, I know it's stressful, you know, with these 
you know, these right wingers are trying to infiltrate Portland. And, you know, I always think of Portland and Seattle like as a city of art. And now, you know, these right wingers are trying to say, oh, well, people are spray painting stuff and they're burning cars up. Well, I look at it as art. And that is not something to be ashamed of. It is a beautiful city. And, you know, the only way to end this Ukraine thing, I just want to speak on that because we've been talking about this, is if we can all do our part and get vaccinated. Because there are so many people that are still not vaccinated. My grandmother was 95 years old and she died because those around her refused to get vaccinated because they're science deniers and conspiracy theorists. They believe that it's some depopulation goal by Bill Gates. Why in the world would somebody spend that much money to get vaccines out who is trying to hurt people? Bill Gates is a doctor and he is a medical professional. So why would somebody say something like that about him? It sickens me. So guys, if you're watching this, you need to go do your part and get the vaccine. And I don't know why Dr. Fauci isn't getting any media coverage because you know what? We should be praying for Ukraine and we should be getting vaccinated at the same time. I'm sickened that I had to go to Israel to get my fourth booster shot. And you know what? It is your social responsibility, city of Portland, United States of America, the entire world to do that. And you know what? My only regret, my only regret is that I could not stop Brianna Taylor's killers and we need to defend, defund the police, not defend the police because that would be disgusting. And you know what? I have seen so much police brutality in these last two years and it sickens me every single bit of a Mayor Wheeler. You have done such a good job on cracking down on this. I cried myself to sleep when I realized that I could have stopped Brianna Taylor's killers. But what was I doing? I was shopping at Target. I was shopping at Target. I work at Target. After I get off, I go spend my check there. It's a direct deposit. And then I go home and I cry myself to sleep every night because I couldn't stop Brianna Taylor's killers. And another positive note is that George Floyd has been sober for two years now. Time's up. Thank you so much. We need to rethink communications, colleagues. It's, it's really becoming a forum for no apparent reason. It's really unfortunate what's going on here. I, I would we not, need some parameters. In yeah, not, not today, but I, I think as as a council, we need to talk about this. This, I, this is no longer productive. I agree. Number 184, please. Right. Hilarious, right? Wheeler said we need to rethink communications, colleagues. It's becoming a forum for no apparent reason. It's really unfortunate what's going on here. No, it's not for no reason. They're just getting a look at themselves and their superciliousness in the mirror, and they don't like it. The forum is meant to allow people of all stripes to redress their grievances with the council. No one ever said they couldn't use satire. It's probably part of the reason why Ukraine hired a comedian to be the president. I mean, 
Portland's council could simply do their jobs without wearing their far-left politics on their sleeves, but no, they can't do that. So the Taliban guy in that tirade, hilarious tirade by both of those men, name-checked Andy No, a journalist who reports a lot on Antifa. And Andy No posted the video. We thank him for doing that. Made it easier to find this time. You can certainly appreciate why people have resorted to using satire to get the attention of the woke crowd at city council. Mere words, regular words, pounding on the table. That doesn't work with these people. La, 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 we can't hear you. So they're making fun of them. Here's why people are getting out. And where are the West Coast messed coasters going? A lot of them are going to Texas. Here's my talk with Kirby Wilbur, who's helping them with a soft landing in the Republic of Texas. Listen up. You moved to Texas. Why? A number of reasons. Uh, Number one, Texas is cheaper. When we were looking for a place to retire, we wanted a place that was cheaper to make our nest egg go further. I mean, we had a nice nest egg, but I liked it a little further. And Texas is so much more compatible, Victoria, with me and you and what we believe in. I thought after fighting on the front lines for 50 years in Seattle against the left, I was going to spend my last few years with people that think like I do and respect us and are more polite. And it just turned <laughs> out that way. Living under a conservative government in a conservative culture, in a conservative state, and it's great. And you're in a community which is just north of Plano, and uh, that's just north of Dallas. So there is the Dallas influence, the uh, blue influence, I suspect, that's creeping. There's a little bit, but not much. Uh, Dallas is about 35 minutes south of us. We live in Collin County, which is the um, sixth largest county in Texas. It's the most conservative large county in Texas. Wow. We have our primary coming up on next Tuesday, week from today. There are 23 countywide positions on the ballot. Five of them have Democrats running. 18, all the actions in the Republican primary because no Democrats filed. It's kind of nice, to be honest. Yeah. Different. feels like that for... Democrats in Washington State and Oregon and California, all along the West Coast, Mest Coast. So, okay, so Kirby, then you you moved, you wanted to make your money go farther. And who can blame you now? Then you became a real estate agent. Right. um, And you're helping people move from Washington, Oregon, California to Texas. I work for a well, I work with a firm called Conservative Move. They were started several years ago by a man named Paul Chabot, who fled California with his wife and four kids to Texas, and then decided if he had done it, others could do it. And he would set up a company to help people, because there are some bumps along the way, and there are some unknowns, and he thought, if I can help people by, because we've done it, right, so we can tell Victoria and her husband how we did it, and we can tell John and Mary how we did it, and help them, we do it. So Conservative Move is a company that has real estate agents in most of the blue states who will help you sell your house. And then we have real estate agents in most of the red states, mostly Texas because we're headquartered here, but we have them in Florida and Georgia, South Carolina, Arizona, who will help you find a home uh, in those states. We also have some connections with moving companies. 
uh, we have a business uh, relocator expert. So if you're moving a business, he can work with you on that, depending on where you're going to move it to. And we also do things like when you get, for instance, if you come to Texas, we have a list of all the conservative organizations and clubs in your area that you can join if you want to get involved in. Uh, we, we, we've got 16 here in Collin County. Wow. And we can help people get involved and connect them. And we we think it's it's a plus for people to have their agents have the same worldview as they do and have the same belief system and understand why they're leaving and why they're coming. And I've um, I just had clients out yesterday from Seattle that I was showing houses to. I relocated a couple people already, and I'm working with 16 people right now in Seattle who are looking for a house in Texas, helping them search for one. And we've got five or six agents here in our office. We've got 65 agents throughout Texas. And if anybody wants to move to any part of Texas, we can help them find a place, and we can have them work with an agent who is conservative, and in most cases Christian, who understands why you're leaving. And we'll help you find your new home. Is it conservativemove.com? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. I retired. Understand, I retired. I, I okay? know. You retired. I mean, now you're working again. <laughs> but I came down, and I have some background in real estate. I used to do some appraisal work, and I have a, a understanding of real estate. And I thought, you know, we loved it. I mean, I cannot explain to you how much we love Texas. We fit in right away. The nicest people in the world. Nicest people in the world. Very conservative culture. Very conservative people. And we just love it. And so I thought, I'll do what I can to help others move because I kept getting phone calls. Hey, how do you like Texas? Hey, how do I do this? Yeah. So I said, okay, get my license, go to work for Conservative Move. They, I knew them. I'd had them on my show a couple times as guests. Mm-hmm. And I knew the guys, and they were here in McKinney. And we moved to McKinney. We didn't look anywhere else. McKinney's the first only and last place we looked to uh, find a place in Texas. And we're very content. Well, and so you chose McKinney for what reasons? Just because it was the most conservative large county in Texas? No, because we, um, a friend of mine at work, uh, who works at one of our radio stations, called me in the office one day and said, hey, I'm thinking about moving to McKinney. Look what you can get for your money. And he showed me Zillow and Redfin, and it blew me away what $250,000, $300,000 would get you in McKinney. And I knew conservative move was in McKinney, so I told Trina, so let's go down and visit McKinney. So we came down and visit in March of 2019. And we fell in love with the place. Very charming downtown with cute boutique shops and great restaurants and friendly people and affordable housing. And we had Paul and Derek here as friends. And we kind of fell in love with the place. And so we focused on McKinney. We went around looking at houses. We found some neighborhoods we liked. And then when the Floyd riots occurred and the savages and barbarians tore apart Bell Square on TV, mm-hmm. that's, and we watched it, uh, Trina looked at me and said, it's time. Yeah. Can't live here anymore with this, this going on. And my contract was up. Everything just kind of came together. So we came down in July of 2020, see if we could hack the weather. And it was fine. It was hot, but we handled it. And so we came down in October, bought a house, sold our house up there for a fortune, and moved in January. And it's just, we landed in McKinney, fell in love with McKinney. We had friends here, made friends easily here. Cute downtown, great downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We're 35 minutes from the airport. Uh, We're far enough from Dallas, so we don't really have an influence there. No homeless. Are very few actually. No homeless in the parks. No tent cities. Low yeah. crime. Schools are pretty good, which is good for resale value because our kids are gone uh, from school. But uh, and our two sons came with us, 
And so really? it's kind of a family. Yeah, they uh, they wanted Texas too. They got tired of the Northwest. You know, they're they're Wilbur's. Okay, they were raised at our dinner table. They can quote <laughs> Thomas Sowell and Bill Buckley, and so they uh, they moved with us. Uh, and so it's it's been kind of great. And it's um, I've helped some others move down. We have a very large community here. Uh, my wife put up a Facebook page called Recovering Washingtonians. <laughs> we have 105 members. That's right, 105 members. There's another one called Washington State Refugees in Texas. They have 125 members. Uh, there's a Facebook page called Move to Texas uh-huh. that has 15,000 members. I believe that. And I scour it from time to time just to see why are people moving. And there are an incredible number of people moving from Washington. I... I almost feel sorry for the Republicans because if they keep moving, there'll be no Republican voters left. I know. See, that's you know? the thing. A friend of mine yeah. lives in California, and of course, she's in there. She's a she's a movement conservative, and mm-hmm. she is a person who refuses to leave. I'm going to stand and fight until the last dog dies. And so she's encouraging people not to move in order so that maybe right. at some point her voice might be heard in yep. the annals of state history somewhere along the line. And so... So I give her big ups for that. I yep, do. I do too. And I applaud those stay behind. I encourage them. Uh, I do what I can to, to you know, I've uh, talked to them about how to fight. And But, you know, even in the military, after 30 years, you can retire. And <laughs> I spent 50 years up there. And I just thought it was time to spend some time with uh, like-minded people in a friendlier atmosphere where if you go to church and own a gun, you're not spat upon. Right. Where you don't have to wear a mask to go to the restaurant. Where you don't have a bunch of Karens chasing you around. <laughs> uh, and I can have a very nice house for a much cheaper price and have a better standard of living. And um, my governor's not Jay Inslee. So what more could I ask, right? Well, right. So, Are, is there any emergency declared in the state of Texas these days? No. Yeah. Now, the governor, when, when it first started back in early 2020, the governor imposed some mandates, but he left them very quickly. And there are some school districts that have mask mandates in the state, but the governor's in court with them at the moment because the governor issued an executive order saying no mask mandates. And a number of school districts went through with them. Some backed off when the parents showed up. Like McKinney, where we live, the school district was considering a mask mandate, and the parents showed up to the school board meetings, and the district decided not to impose a mask mandate. You know what I found um, out? You know what I found out yesterday as that? I was looking uh, up Antifa accounts on Twitter? Mm-hmm. I found out that they have an Antifa account that is solely concerned with re- pushing back on people going to school board meetings. I, be, I believe that. Yes, I would believe they would do that. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Yeah. I do, yeah. too. Well, because, the you know, the parents are upset. They're ticked off. We have a new governor in Virginia oh, because yes. of that. Glenn Youngkin. And you're having elections here being decided. That is, that's a big issue here in the Republican primaries because, again, in our neighborhood, no Democrats run for office. But it's a big issue in the primaries that you're not pushing hard enough, that Governor Abbott didn't do enough quick enough. And the issue really is you haven't pushed back far enough on these mandates. And so um, I suspect uh, there was was a new science was discovered because you've had other Democrat governors in the past three weeks lifting the mandates. Mm -hmm. And the science has changed because it's no longer science science, it's political science. That's right. And it's changed. And the polls say we better change this. And that's That's what we're doing. One last thing before I let you go. I know you have to go and do a program right now or very soon. Yes, ma'am. Surely. And... It is something that's uh, 
in your past, you were a real estate appraiser. Mm-hmm. And and I understand having relatives living in Texas and heard a few things about the property taxes there, that they're mm-hmm. extraordinarily high, and that you mm-hmm. actually have people who you, whom you hire to go to bat for you to reduce your property taxes. Does that mm-hmm. some, is that something that interests you? Um, yes and no. Um, if somebody came to me and said, will you help me figure out my taxes are too high? I did that for King County. I worked for the King County Assessor for a number of years, and I did a lot of work in their public information department, which worked with taxpayers seeking appeals. And taxes, property taxes tend to be high in Texas, and there are a couple of different reasons why that is. Uh, number one, a lot of uh, rural areas, suburban areas in Texas have what's called a municipal utility district. Uh, because the city isn't here, a city, you have to develop the infrastructure for a development. You have to put in the sewers, the water, the streets. And so they set up a municipal utility district, and MUD, they're called, which levies a tax on each house to pay off the bonds that are um, sold to pay for the streets and the sidewalks and the lights, that kind of thing. I see. That adds to it. Now, uh, your property tax very quickly in Texas goes four places. It goes to the school district, the county, the city, and most counties have a college district. We have a column college district. Uh, and by the way, the um, trustees are elected by the public, and they're elected in partisan election. Here in Texas, everyone runs with a party. Mm-hmm. All right, you don't, judges run as a Republican Democrat. Interesting. Trustees, yes, trustees run. And all trustees of the Collin County, uh, Collin County College System are Republicans. Um, that's part of it. But schools are the biggest part of it. Uh, a lot of it has to do with $71 million high school football stadiums and $60 million high school football stadiums because Friday Night Lights is big down here. Yep. And part of it has to do with schools uh, are pretty good down here. Collin County has a 94% uh, graduation rate from the high school, which is pretty high. That's Um, extraordinary. Yeah. And they're not perfect. They're nowhere near perfect. There are problems in the schools like everywhere else. However, overall, the schools are pretty good. They emphasize technical training as well as um, uh, academics. And um, we have a system of exemptions. If you buy a house... You get an exemption of $30,000 on your property taxes right away as a homeowner. So that uh, your, your assessed value is lower than $30,000. Say your assessed value is $400,000. All of a sudden, it's $370,000. If you're over 65, your property taxes are frozen when they're at that moment. They can never go higher. Ooh, Prop 13. If you're a 100% disabled veteran, you pay no property taxes. Holy crap. We, we treat our veterans right down here. So there are exemptions that will benefit some people and... We're a no-disclosure state, which means the county assessor has no access to public sales records. They don't know what you bought your house for. That is amazing. That needs to be disconnected. Yes. And and so what happens when you buy your house, it happened to us, we bought the house, got a letter from the county assessor. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Wilbur, notice that you just bought a house. Can you tell us what you paid for? And you said, no, I'm sorry, I can't provide you with that information. Well, I wasn't going to send the letter back, but I lost it between my desk and the mailbox. I don't know what happened to it. They never got the letter. An unfortunate so, fishing accident. Exactly. Where, that's where all my guns are at the bottom of the lake. Um, and so the the assessor is not always accurate on the assessed value. So that, and if they are too high, if they do, you do have the appeal process, uh, like you do in most states. And so the property taxes are high. However, uh, there are some exemptions and some safety things there. They aren't really always true on the assessed value. And our gas tax is twenty cents a gallon. Um, our sales tax what? is two to three cents. Yes, ma'am. Twenty cents a gallon. Our gas tax wow. is. 
our our sales tax average is between seven and eight, and in a lot of places in Washington, it's ten. And so the cost of living over housing, you get twice the house for half the price. So given yeah, the I overall saw your cost listings. of living. I saw your yeah. listings. Right. Okay. <laughs> wow. You look at the overall cost, and yes, property tax is high part of it. However, uh, there are some safeguards, and high um, good school districts help maintain the resale value of your house. Absolutely. People advertise, we're in, we're in the Frisco School District, we're in Prosper School District, and they're rated. And we have a lot of people who look at that. And so, yes, they're high. Um, however, if you have enough deductions, you can write them off on your income tax. And they do produce much better than schools in Washington and Oregon, some other states. And so overall, it may be one black mark, but there are 99 good marks to go along with that one black mark. And so, you know, once I explain it to people, it, it's what we call an explanation thing. Once you explain it to people, they kind of say, oh, yeah, okay, I understand now. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I understand now. Thank you so much for coming on. And you break a leg at that show today on the uh, station at, across the street from where yes. I'm working part-time. Yes, I know. <laughs> all right. I know. Take That's care. That's all right, but I'll be on. All right. Thank you, Victoria, very much. You have a great day. You too. And as, actually, as they say in Texas, have a blessed day. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. That's Texas. Y'all. Okay. All right, you all. Take all right, care. You all have a blessed day. I want to thank Kirby Wilbur, who's helping them with a soft landing. That's pretty amazing. Thanks for listening to the Adult in the Room podcast. Back next week, we've got a really cool episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple Podcast app every time you listen. And give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time. Mischief Managed.